I wrote an article recently uh, for the website medium.com. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but it's basically a website where you can post just about anything. You can publish just about any thought or opinion uh, under the sun. But I did it because I felt convicted recently about a tactic or a pattern that I see utilized in a lot of big movies and even in stories that I read, which is the excess use of profanity or cursing. And before you go running away, listener, and think to yourself, oh man, I'm, I'm about to get preached to and someone on this podcast is going to try to convince me to stop swearing, I, I just want you to level with me for a little bit in this episode. Because the thing that I want to explore is whether or not cursing actually enhances a story or if it takes away from it. Because I think that the use of swearing and cursing and vulgar language ultimately is done with the intent of making something seem more realistic. As if using adult language or uh, abrasive language is somehow making it more adult. It's making it more like real life and thereby meets the expectation that it's somehow acting like what we would act like if we were presented with the same situation. So that's what this episode of The Writer's Lens is going to be about, is talking about cursing and trying to kind of piggyback off the article that I did on Medium.com. So welcome to The Writer's Lens. This is episode 56, which is titled, Does Cursing Make a Story More Realistic? still with me on this, uh, let's just get right into this. So like I said, I did an article talking about cursing and swearing and storytelling and how I, I think that cursing is primarily used to try and uh, evoke a sense of realism in the stories that we read or that we watch. And I'm going to hone in on film and and, uh, and books. I mean, I, I understand that video games have their own place as well with narratives. So we may talk a little bit about that in this episode, but I, I just want to focus on the idea of profanity in general and how it's sort of utilized uh, in any kind of story format. And uh, like I said, I think it's primarily used as a means to kind of shock the audience or the listener, uh, again, trying to make it seem like it's a more adult-themed kind of issue. But before we do all that, uh, I wanted to kind of share this brief little segment of history as it pertains to swearing in the big screen. And as I was doing some research for this uh, episode, not in my article, you're not going to find this in my article, but I, I found out that in 1939, uh, a movie was released, uh, you may have heard of it, called Gone with the Wind, and it stars the late Clark Gable and Vivian Lee. Uh, it's a post-Civil War kind of uh, setting is where it's at, and Clark is trying to win the heart of Vivian throughout the entire story, and Vivian is smitten with another guy. And at the very end of the film, Clark is walking out of a like a prairie house or something like that, and Vivian finally wakes up to the reality that that Clark is, is head over heels for her, and she's kind of missing out here because he'll do anything for her. So she goes to, to profess her love for him, but, but by the time the film is over, Clark has just had enough. He's like, you know what, I can't deal with this anymore. Uh, I, I, you know, I've done everything that I can to convince you that I love you and that I'd do anything for you. And as he's walking out, he turns around to her and he gives her this iconic line. And it's, frankly, my dear, I don't give a D-A-M-N. 
<laughs> so he t- so he uh, he gives this line uh, with with a curse in it, right? And um, it becomes a very controversial line because up until then, Hollywood didn't really have rating systems. They didn't really have anything to police sort of vulgarity or anything like that. Uh, Hollywood was still kind of in its infant stages, uh, I would say, as far as what they deemed as being uh, fit for the screen, right? What would be fit for the silver screen. So Clark's line was highly, highly uh, controversial. And actually, it mirrored what was in the book. Uh, the book actually had the exact same line in it, but there were so many mock-ups and, and different types of words they were going to use. Instead, it was like, frankly, my dear, I don't, I don't give a straw, I think was one proposed option, which just sounds even more ridiculous. It just sounds like a, sounds like a, a, maybe a rapper who, who's trying to be really hard and just, just doesn't know what to do with it, doesn't know what to do with himself. So he throws out this word that has nothing to do with the actual emotion. But um, not that I would know much about rap, I guess. But uh, but anyway, so so Clark delivers this line. You know, chaos ensues. Hollywood's thrown into a tizzy. Now we have rating systems such as G, PG, PG thirteen, and R, and and so on. And it's all based around the content that's being presented in these stories, and language is one of them. So I I want to just run off of that with the foundation of. Clearly, language matters, right? Clearly, what we say and how we say it matters to other people. And regardless if it's in a fictional story or if it's in real life, we know this. Like, we know that the things that we say have value. We know the things that uh, that we might say and how we say it also may change the way that a person perceives us or what idea we are presenting or what we're trying to convey. Our presentation is, is is so critical when it comes to relaying information from one side to the other. And knowing that language is so important, knowing that it's absolutely critical to be very precise and concise about what you're saying, uh, when you're telling a story and you're you're doing it maybe for enter- entertainment value or you're, you're writing it to explore certain themes, finding the right words is something that as an author I, I have to do. Okay, it's just, it's something I just have to, have to do, is I have to find the right words for what I'm trying to say. And that can take time, you know, that can really take time to flesh that out and and rework things and edit things. But the one thing I want to be careful of whenever I do that is I want to be careful of what I'm actually uh, endorsing and how I'm going about exploring the ideas or the themes of my stories, because... Uh, again, from my own personal standpoint, looking at this, and if you want to read the article, like I said, it's on Medium.com. You can just search J.C. Alfelto. One of the things I felt really convicted about in writing this article was that I often see cursing and swearing used as more of a shock value item rather than actually being part of the story. Uh, so that's the first thing I want to get on the table is that I'm not doing this episode because... I want to sound like a big prude, and I want to eliminate curse words. Okay, like I want to somehow put a ban on swear words in movies and and books and and video games and things like that. No, that's not what I'm trying to say. But what I am trying to get at is that there clearly is a line that we draw in the sand about what we can say that's permissible and what we can say that is not permissible for certain situations. So let me give you another example. 
let's say that I'm in a car wreck and uh, I wasn't expecting it, obviously, and someone gets out, they weren't expecting it either, they're angry with me, I'm angry with them, and emotions are running high, this is an inconvenience for both of us, and there is such a draw to immediately begin to want to curse this person out, let alone maybe fight them about it, especially if they don't have insurance, right? Like, that would be even more of a bummer. So the, the initial response that I have is to kind of lose control, because the situation has gone out of control. You know, it's no longer within my reins to to kind of dictate what's happening. Things have gone off the rails, and now I am giving myself license to do the same. And that's what I want to posit in this episode as kind of the capstone message, is that uh, swearing, I think, and cursing are things that occur when we lose control of ourselves and it really has not as much to do with our situation as we think it does. Okay? So just just ponder that for a moment as we move forward here. That cursing and swearing happens when we lose control of ourselves as opposed to the situation being out of control. Now let's, again, turn this around and talk a little bit about storytelling. Because if I think about Clark Gable's character in Gone with the Wind, if you already know and you're tracking with his story... And you know that the whole time he's been trying to win this woman over, and now he's come to the conclusion that it's just never going to happen. All of that investment, all of that time, all of that emotional sort of uh, you know gusto that he had with himself, and he's at the very end of it, and he's come to this, this sort of crappy uh, ending where he just knows he's never going to get her. And now she turns to him, you know, as if it's a joke. And it's almost, it's past the time where he would have accepted her. It's past the time where he would have said, yes, I, I do see us together. You know, I, I do finally accept that we could be a couple. And he's just, he's angry, right? He's just angry. And she comes to him. She makes these comments. And all that he can spell out is uh, just anything he can say to her to make her feel as low as he has felt throughout this whole process. That's, the, that's what he can do. And I think that that really speaks to people when they watch movies, when they read books, when they're, let's say, playing a video game, is that we've all experienced some sort of loss. We've all experienced some kind of, uh, you know, roadblock, or uh, we've had to take a few steps backwards in our lives and, and something that we thought we had control over. And our first response, typically, I know my first response is just frustration, you know, total frustration. I thought I was doing well. I thought I was moving in the right direction, and then all of a sudden this thing hits me, and now I'm going, well, what? This is this is dumb. You know, this isn't right. Okay, this isn't what I was promised. This is this does not meet my expectation. And since that happens to us, and it does happen to us, despite a lot of the the really fluffy social media posts you might see from your friends all the time, and you get jealous or envious over, uh, which you shouldn't do, by the way. Uh, this happens to everyone, and it can happen daily. You know, it can happen moment to moment. And this is a very real thing, to lose control of oneself and to get lost in sort of an emotional disarray. And if a film is able to portray that in a short time period, because think about it, films and books, I mean, books are, are weighty. Uh, you know, even a 100-page book could carry a lot of weight in it, a lot of emotional strength or spiritual strength uh, in what it talks about. Uh, and a film can do the same thing. So you really only have like a two-hour time block, theoretically, 
uh, on average, a two-hour time block in a film to, to convey whatever emotion you want your audience or your listener or your viewer to feel. And the best way to do that is to go as quickly as you can to that pinch point, go immediately to that nerve to show exactly what it feels like to be at the lowest of lows where you might be suffering through something and to have your main character, your protagonist, or maybe you know another supporting character, maybe it's the villain even, experience that, that loss, that suffering, that frustration, and to have them e- emit it from their mouths. You know, it doesn't have to just be action that you see them experiencing. It can be something that they say, something that, that just comes out of them, like, this is not fair, right? Like, this, what has happened to me, just isn't right. This is a serious injustice, and now I'm going to give myself, myself the permission to say whatever the heck I want to say. And that can be all, you know, all sorts of vulgar things. So some of this that I just talked about is in my article on Medium. Uh, a, a little bit of this that I've talked about is were kind of my afterthoughts, sort of my, you know, post writings that I didn't include in the article and that I rather would talk about uh, in this podcast. But it's something that I've, I've been stewing on for a while. And by no means am I perfect at this. In my last book, The Road to Mars, I, I did have some cursing in it. Uh, but I feel more and more convicted by this, honestly. I do feel more convicted not to try and be this picture-perfect prude of a writer, okay? That's that's not what I'm trying to get at with this episode, with this message, or, or any of that. But rather, getting back to basics, intent, what I'm endorsing, and, you know, what is my message, really? You know, what is the end note of my message? You know, am I trying to portray profanity as being, you know, sort of this common denominator of human experience? Or am I trying to convey a person's innermost struggles that they're eventually going to overcome? Because I think that's where people more so are going to have a story stay with them, is when they hear and see someone, I mean, seeing them, if it's a, like I said, if it's a visual thing, if it's video games or movies or something, uh, if it's a book, it could be, you know, in your mind, of course, where they can really feel that a character has gone through some kind of transformation. Their arc of their story has gone from one place to the next, and it's gone in a good direction, or it's gone completely off the tracks. You know, it's, it's bent and it's gone into some perverted way, uh, you know, which again would be like the fallen hero uh, sort of trope uh, for a storyline. But for me, my message, you know, I know that I'm trying to, I'm trying to go after the higher ethic. I'm trying to go after uh, these moral dilemmas and, and sort of achieve what is the best way of dealing with these dilemmas. What is the goodness on the other side? And, uh, and that's what I don't want to lose sight of, right? Like that's what me personally, I don't want to lose sight of in my writing. Uh, so, so that's really what I'm trying to get at with this episode uh, is being challenged in being more creative, right? And, and just being more creative, trying to find better ways to convey an emotion, to, you know, to talk about certain issues without just immediately jumping to shock value, immediately jumping into the, into the space of the emotional quick reaction, the knee-jerk response that we can do. And I've read books, I mean, I read a book recently that uh, I thought the first book was really, really good, um, if anyone's familiar with Red Rising by Pierce Brown, I actually did a, a review on this book in the trilogy about a year and a half ago when I finished it. And I, and I really enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed the trilogy, but there was a point when I felt like 
Mr. Brown had just, like, I don't know if he got bored with it and he was just throwing out things just to kind of liven up the, the scenes. I don't know. Or maybe he just is someone that loves to write about extreme violence. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Um, I, I've never actually had a chance to ask him. And if you're listening to this, Pierce, hey, I would love to interview you and talk about it, man. So if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this episode, contact me. Uh, our people will talk and we'll, we'll talk. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm consuming content just like the casual reader or viewer or, or game player is. You know, I'm consuming content too. And the content that I consume, eventually, you know, that's going to affect my message in some way. That's going to affect the way that, that I create stories. I mean, of course it is. I mean, I think I'd be foolish to think that the stuff that I allow myself to hear and read and see, like, that doesn't affect me. Of course it does. Of course it does. Whatever is feeding me, discipling me, it's, a, it's going to come out of me in some way. So knowing that there are filters in place and knowing what it is that I'm trying to aspire to as a creative I'm not only consuming content that's going to feed me well, I'm also going to be producing content that is going to feed uh, my listeners, you know, feed my readers uh, as well. So so that's really uh, where I'm coming from as well. I, and I wanted to just reiterate that here at the end of this episode is just kind of hit that home is, is no, I, I don't think that cursing makes a story more realistic. I just don't. Uh, I think it's a popular tactic, though, to kind of keep audiences engaged, you know, even readers engaged. Uh, but but as a creative writer, knowing the language is important. Uh, I think it's it's I think it's a personal challenge to try and figure out the best way to tell that a person is going through something without having to resort to the obvious, well, F this, F that, and uh, that's how I'm going to get a, get through to my audience. So again, I'm not trying to outlaw swearing, you know, I'm not trying to outlaw cursing, but what I, what I am calling for is an awareness uh, for us as creatives to know, like, what is it that we're trying to do with our messages? You know, what is it that we're trying to, uh, you know, evoke uh, or give to our audiences? What is it that we're trying to give to them? So that's my, my question as well for you, listener, if you know, if you're a creative writer, if you're someone who's consuming this because you think what I talk about is interesting, awesome, kudos to you. But uh, but I think it's just a good question to ask ourselves. You know, what are we consuming as far as content? How is it affecting us? And how is it affecting what we actually end up creating as well? So thanks for listening in here on The Writer's Lens. Uh, like I said, this was episode 56, talking about cursing and storytelling. Uh, the article that I wrote, if you want to check it out, it's over on medium.com. You can Again, you can just search my name, J-C-L Falto. That's F-A-L-T-O-T. You can check it out over there. Uh, but other than that, this is my new series that I'm doing here. Uh, I just got done with the Seven Deadly Sins of Writing, uh, or Seven Deadly Sins and Writing, I should say. Not of writing, but and writing. That was a fun series to do. So if you if you want to go back and check those out, please do so. Uh, you know, let me know what you thought of it. It was a fun project for me and very much making me more self-aware of, of things that I can become very prideful or, or uh, envious of other creatives about. So that was a good gut check for me personally, uh, as far as, uh, my creative journey goes. So until next time, guys, uh, I'll catch up with you again soon. Talk and hear more on storytelling and storytelling arcs and storytelling tactics, uh, here on this new series on the writer's lens. So until next time, guys, this is Josh J.C. Alfelto. I will talk with you again soon.